What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Journal brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how are you doing besides the fact that Microsoft had to drop a big bit of news right after we were recording? I know. It, it never fails. It never fails. What huge news. I'm super excited. Uh, to talk about it and just everything. Oh, there's so much uh, to it. Um, it, it. It'll be good. But other than that, though, it's been a pretty solid weekend. A little quiet, I feel, in the gaming realm. Although things are going to be picking up here soon. We've got uh, Pokemon that drops this week. February's jam-packed with all kinds of uh, releases. Seafood's coming out real soon. I can't wait to play that. So it's been, it's been pretty solid for me. I, I did start playing... Thank you, Game Pass. Actually, it was Ubisoft Plus. Uh, I started playing Rainbow Six Extraction, and I'm not going to lie, I am having an absolute blast on it. I haven't even played with friends. I've been going in quick play and, and doing things that I've been able to get through the objectives. That game is more fun than I realized it was going to be, so I'm really enjoying playing that. Other than other than the, the heartbreak you experienced this weekend, <laughs> Lucas, how was your weekend, my friend? Well, you know, I think I'm I'm mostly recovered now. Uh, although Green Bay, if you're hiring a special teams coach, uh, I'm available. Uh, I'll at least send eleven players out on the field, so I think that's a start. So <laughs> I'm I'm free. I'm free. I'll I'll, uh, I'll charge less too. <laughs> but no, uh, my weekend was good, nice and relaxing. Uh, man, all those games were exciting. Yes. I'm still getting over that Bills Chiefs game. Mm my goodness what a shootout that one was uh but looking forward to pokemon legends that's about to dominate my life and you're right ryan February is about to start just to sprint with big game after big game after big game and my wallet's not ready so if yeah. anybody wants to send me money for my birthday <laughs> i think i desperately need it starting this month we're running out of time <laughs> but we are, are going to be joined today by a very special guest. Ryan, do you want to set the scene here? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, one second. We are being joined by, and and I should have asked you beforehand, Rishi Shada. Shada. Rishi Shada. Oh, I was close. <laughs> I was close. You're close. Yes. Uh, global head of, for Twitter, global head of gaming partnerships. Rishi, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. How have you been? How was your weekend, my friend? Great. Thank you. Uh, definitely was, uh, keeping up with all the action on the NFL space, uh, and all uh, my, my chest still hurts, uh, <laughs> much as Lucas's does. Uh, it's been a stressful one, but um, all things good. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. And you just recently, uh, you guys compiled uh, gaming data uh, uh, with Twitter uh, recently from last year and just kind of there's a lot of really interesting topics and and stories to tell with that report. We're really excited to get down to that. Before we get to it, though, mine exploded. Microsoft We've been hold on, hold on, real quick. We, I, th the last couple of years now, I've been saying. Now you guys know that I'm a PlayStation guy, right? Uh, but Microsoft has been making these little moves here and there, and by little moves, I mean giant moves. They've been doing all kinds of things. Uh, Game Pass is definitely 
far exceeds anything that Sony has that's comparable. Although we do know that uh, PS Plus and PS Now are combining. I believe it was called uh, Project Icarus. I think that's happening this spring. So we'll see. I am excited to see what they have to offer with that, but it's gonna be hard to compete. And it's gonna be even harder com to compete now that Microsoft is, and this has not gone through yet, but is in, in, in the works to purchase Activision Blizzard for the the low low price of 70 billion dollars <laughs> like number one okay activision blizzard is 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 huge in itself so the 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 fact that microsoft has this kind of money to to acquire such a big studio they make call of duties they do uh uh, uh overwatch starcraft huge candy crush they have under their belt they're talking about reviving uh older games such as like guitar hero and things this is absolutely huge and and again i you know we've been saying this with microsoft i feel like we're seeing or they're 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 getting these plans together they there there's a plan that is being put in place in the motion and we don't know what it is yet but this is absolutely monstrous i know that there were people that were a little nervous and i think they were nervous as far as because you got what was it uh spyro is also a part of this deal uh as well i believe so i mean you're talking about that was one of sony's like characters like face character like they you know nintendo has uh, mario uh sega has mm -hmm. has sonic and then it's it, so like that is crazy to even to to comprehend. And I know that there's a lot of people that are nervous that, wait a second, that means some of these games that we've had before, they're just gonna put behind a wall. And I don't believe, and again, this is just my own speculation. I've been doing some research and stuff like that too, but I don't believe that it would make sense to put like a COD behind a, a uh, an exclusive wall. They would benefit way more and, and, and a, a big chunk of that change was coming from the PlayStation uh, uh, side of things. I know Phil Spencer said, hey, we're gonna honor the contracts, uh, but it, it's beyond that. And we don't even know what those contracts look like. Maybe a five, six year contract or something. But it, I, I personally don't believe that it would make sense for them to box in and, and cut off half of that. Cause I mean, they gotta make that 70 billion back somehow and and Call of Duty is a huge cash cow. There's so many, like this is just, absolutely mind-blowing obviously there's other aspects of this too legality wise again i can't really speak on that because i mean uh, despite what some of you may believe i am not a lawyer um <laughs> but i'm you know i'm sure that there's there's things on the legal side for things to be able to be approved but if this goes through man this is huge and and the biggest takeaway for me is xbox microsoft they realized we we said it before one of their biggest I guess hindrance has been the fact that there's no real drive to have to to go get it. There's no real big games that I need. To, I mean, there's some. There's Halo and 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 some games right. like that, but they just didn't have a lot of exclusive games. They are gobbling up these these huge studios and and video games and exclusives are no longer going to be, or at least they're going in the direction that that is no longer gonna be an issue. I am absolutely loving the moves that Microsoft is making.
Yeah, you, you talk about uh, gigantic moves. If I were Phil Spencer, I'd look at the list of IP that Activision Blizzard has. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, we're just making a new one of everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we need, we mm -hmm. need to start making this money back. Uh, no, obviously very seismic. Uh, I'm with you, Ryan. I, I doubt that they'd make a Call of Duty exclusive. But of course, the big question is, what about all the other giant IPs that, that those companies own? Uh, and what's interesting, too, is Microsoft has played pretty nicely with Nintendo, but not necessarily PlayStation. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of relationship forms between these companies. Uh, I think, too, that there's a little worry that, that this is just kickstarting even further uh, a buying war, and you're going to see PlayStation start to buy more studios and see Microsoft try and buy more studios. Uh, who knows what Nintendo will do because they seem to zag when everyone's zigging. True. So, uh, Love it. it. It'll be interesting, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's exciting, but it does worry me a little bit that everyone's just going to buy up everything. And one of the things that I was really enjoying about where gaming seemed to have been heading mm -hmm. was you'd have these exclusives, but, but there was a lot of third-party games that gamers could share together. And I wonder if that's not going to be a thing anymore uh, for too much longer. Uh, and if you're really going to have to choose a side again, uh, which would rev up the console wars, uh, which would also just be really painful to uh, gamers on a budget like myself, <laughs> who, uh, who, who, you know, I, I'm a, I've been a PlayStation guy as of late. And having though a, a chunk of third-party games that were available to everyone kind of made it easier to choose a side and not feel like you were missing out as much mm -hmm. not being able to get the other one. And I wonder if that's going to start going away a little bit. Uh, obviously, Game Pass and Sony's answer to Game Pass will have a lot to, to say about that. Uh, but you wonder, you wonder if this is starting to, uh, in a strange way, kind of make the divisions deeper again. Mm-hmm. Rishi, let me ask you, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this news? I think first thing was, holy shit. It was like the first thing. That, uh, I woke up, woke up to the news that so was like, whoa, this is the first thing I'm seeing this morning. Okay. And then next thing was going on Twitter, seeing what's going on. The news trended immediately. Like the top three trends in the world were all about the acquisition. So it was really crazy to see that. Uh, it was expected, but it was just really like everybody was turning to Twitter to talk about this. I think a lot of the stuff I agree with you all on in that I really do believe that Microsoft and Xbox have done so much for the consumer recently with Game Pass and have really built a lot of goodwill. Uh, even the way they're looking at, just looking at their way that they've handled you know, their esports around Halo uh, and seeing a lot of the stuff they've done with grassroots communities and whatnot, people are really hoping that they can take that same lens and apply it to you know all of Activision Blizzard's esports parties too, like Overwatch League and Call of Duty League. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting things that happen on that front. The other thing I think, that we haven't talked about too much, but I do see as another area that we should be thinking about is their uh, Activision Blizzard's deal with Google for Google Cloud is up, I believe, at the end of this oh. year. So in 2023, are they going to go and bring everything to Azure? Right. And then what happens with the broadcast rights that they the broadcast rights deal, which was tied to that? Activision signed like a 160 million dollar deal with Google across live streaming everything, plus you know distribution with Google Cloud. So what happens to all that? Does it all come back to Microsoft? Is Microsoft going to open everything up for live streaming? Like, what is all about? What are the implications there? In addition to just the games, too. Right. Man, that's a side I'd never even thought about. There's so much because there's so many different little pieces that play into it and little separate contracts and stuff. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see this because 
they're they're saying right now that it should maybe go through uh in 2023 i can't remember yep. exactly if they if they said a specific time or like a quarter or something like that but I mean that is yeah you're they're they're getting more than just games within this and I think there's a lot of things that people don't realize that come along with this we're seeing a very surface level like oh the games like that we could potentially get whereas like look we got broadcast rights now to x y and z this is why we're drumming out this money and, and it's <laughs> it, it's always funny too especially uh on twitter because i i do a lot of talking uh with people on twitter and you know everyone everyone turns into a detective and and uh, a legal expert and <laughs> this and that and it's just like look man i don't know what's gonna happen like i'm and i'm all for doing some speculating and whatnot but on you know we're we are getting a very surface level view of what this really means and i think that's what's really exciting about that too is the fact that there's a lot that we probably haven't even thought about yet that this deal is really gonna mean and that's what's really microsoft has, has like i'm excited about microsoft again i've never been a microsoft xbox i've never owned an xbox in my life but you best believe i've got game pass and i am enjoying the heck out of it and it's just like i want more and i love the direction that they've been going they're more about look man we're you know that's cool consoles are cool and all but you know what's even better just come into our ecosystem you can play on your tv you can play on your phone we got the games we got what you need they are they are i, I feel like for for they are putting themselves in a really solid place for the future because whether people like it or not gaming is moving over to cloud gaming and and more of that you're going to be seeing more and more of that especially as the technology gets better so i think it's really exciting times and i kind of feel like you know again i don't i don't think it's necessarily anything that sony has to worry about although they did take a 20 billion dollar hit to their stocks once this news was announced so it'll be interesting to see too i know they came out with a statement but we'll see if there's any action that comes from this that turns into something like that and i feel like for microsoft now they're they're kind of looking beyond like playstation is is our competition i think they're kind of eyeball balling uh like steam and and things like that and stepping into that world because that's where it's gonna be at so these moves make sense i'm excited to see what it is um I, I i don't know lucas do you see any potential negatives that could come from something like a deal like this well i mean there there is always a worry when one company owns mm. so many creative forces uh, i think you know similar to some backlash that disney's gotten when they bought up pixar star wars mm -hmm. marvel all that stuff um and i'm not saying that that's a that's completely an apples to apples comparison but, but there is that worry that one company has too much control over too many creative companies. And Phil Spencer has done amazing, right? Uh, but I think in my mind, there's always the fear is Phil's not going to be there forever. At some point, he's going to step down. What if the next person that steps in isn't as great? Right. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it seems easy then that if, if they own so many companies, that, that bad leadership right at the top can lead to some very bad decisions down the line. Uh, also, I, I do hope uh, that given all the troubles that Blizzard and Activision has had with some very serious allegations and all that, that this deal will allow Microsoft to come in and help clean up, mm -hmm. uh, especially with specific people, uh, mm -hmm. a, a very specific person. I think the entire uh, industry would like to see out mm -hmm. uh, will be 
hopefully out then. Uh, so hopefully they can clean up that act. But yeah, I, I think having one company own so many creative forces is fully dependent on that one company then making good decisions without it negatively affecting everybody else. And there's always the danger that if those decisions turn bad, mm-hmm. uh, those companies are in trouble. Yeah. And, and Rishi, let me ask you uh, real quick. I don't know if you guys have had time to go through the data extensively, but from a Twitter perspective, were you seeing more of a positive uh, people talking in a positive light about these uh, about this uh, uh, buyout or or did you see a mix of both? Predominantly positive, actually. It's been I think there is this shock and awe was a, a big <laughs> component of it. And then you have the other part was a lot of very cautious optimism. I think that's the best way to describe it is cautious optimism because um, like Lucas is saying, you know, people really want, have been really happy with things so far, but they are cautiously optimistic that continues. Separately, I think what's been interesting too is now you've seen the reaction not only of, we've been talking about Sony and Nintendo, but also like Netflix mm-hmm. has been then put out their stuff too and said, we're going to have the best game service. So like, that's the other competition mm-hmm. that Xbox is probably looking at too is, What's going to go happen with Nix? What's going to be going on with their game service that they've been really touting and they're pushing forward with too? So lots to think about. Yeah, very. It, it is super exciting, uh, however it plays out. And I'm excited just to see what what comes from this and to see these building blocks as we move forward. So very, very big news. We'll see what it means for those in the gaming space, for those outside of it, and just overall uh, with Microsoft and, and whatever their plan is. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back, talk with Rishi, see what's going down on that gaming Twitterverse. Go down that rabbit hole. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the short messages. And now comes the fun part of the interview. And Twitter had quite the year in 2021, uh, especially in terms of gaming, with more than 2.4 billion tweets sent, which is up 14% year over year and a 10x increase from 2017. Clearly, Twitter has turned into a great conversation platform for gamers. Rishi, let's just start very top level there. Seeing an increase that much, especially since 2017, you know, over a span of four years, what do you think has driven more and more gamers to use Twitter as a platform to have these conversations? It's been a mix of things. So one of the big things was we, we really had a huge year last year. So more people were stuck at home during the beginning, or in 2020, more people were stuck at home during the pandemic. They're playing games. You saw also an increase in uptake of just the gaming conversation becoming more um, intertwined with just the broader mainstream conversation, whether it's celebrities tweeting about games or tweeting about, you know, their fandom and wanting to play different games or about the esports teams they're getting involved with. So we just see this, uh, the zeitgeist around gaming all taking place on the platform. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a really, really big uptick. We also saw in 2020, uh, leading into this year, we had new games coming out, two next-gen consoles coming out. So just... So many really exciting things happening in the news space. And then it just continues to become a testament to that, you know, Twitter is the home for all gaming conversation. And what are, no matter what game it is or where that game is broadcast, people come to Twitter to talk about it. And it's all of the things that have been happening, especially the conversation we had around you know, Xbox and Activision. I mean, 
goes back to we all came to Twitter to talk about it. So these big new newsworthy moments in the games ecosystem were all happening over the past couple of years, and people turned to Twitter to have that conversation. Yeah, fantastic. And you know, I think when you look at like the most talked about games, number one was Genshin Impact. Uh, what what do you think drives the the sorts of games that you saw in that top ten list? Was there anything about that that kind of surprised you when you saw trends about which games were connecting with people the most? Yeah, uh, I would say it was surprising to see Animal Crossing fall down the list so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, I was really hoping it would stay a little bit higher on the list. You know, earlier we were talking, and you know, you mentioned about the concerns around games being gated uh, to certain platforms, and and that being a concern. I think what this list showcases is that games like Genshin Impact, which you can play on multiple platforms, it speaks to if you want your game to be something that people can be talking about, you need to have a cross-platform strategy. You need to think about what you're doing and where your game can be readily available on multiple platforms. I mean, look at most of the games on this list. You've got Genshin Impact, you've got Apex Legends, you've got Fortnite. You know, all, a lot of these games have had staying power because uh, even Fate Grand Order, like a lot, and Minecraft, like, a lot of these games are on the list because they're available on multiple platforms and are accessible on multiple platforms. So I don't think we're going to go shy away from that in the future. Like I think this open platform and games as a service model is going to be here to stay uh, because that's just how uh, publishers are going to be able to allow their games to continue to be successful and be top of mind uh, and not be blocked based off of the platform they're on. Well, and you, and you said too that you guys saw a huge bump uh, once we went into the pandemic. However, yeah. in 2021, there was a 14% increase. Um, yep. What does that tell you as far as just shifting, the, I guess the societal shifting and, and just that interconnectivity, it's no longer, oh, I'm in this country, so I can't, I've got friends in, in New Zealand and in China and you know all over the world. And, and Twitter is a huge part of being able to help stay connected uh, with people. Um, I, I guess, what is it and, and, and what are you guys looking forward uh, to doing to help continue moving this, uh, I guess, needle forward and, and keep progressing on, on Twitter uh, in respects to the gaming communities? Yeah, so it, it, there's a couple different areas that I, we really focus on um, and my team focuses on. So it boils down to uh, three buckets called revenue, reach, and innovation. So. We want to make sure that we're working with the entire gaming ecosystem from game publishers and developers to gaming creators to editorial outlets to award shows to just the general fandom and communities to allow them to grow and engage their audiences on the platform and distribute their content in fun and innovative ways while also being able to build a business on twitter too so i think when we think about twitter a lot of times it's just those 280 characters but I think it's really important to realize that Twitter is so much more than that. We've got video products. We've got, uh, you know, audio spaces now. We have the ability for people to accept tips uh, and do things around mon monetization and transactions there, as well as super follows and ticketed spaces. So, you know, we're really thinking about how do we continue to be this place that fosters conversation in the variety of mediums that we support, whether it's short form video to audio spaces. And then how do we allow people to come to this platform and build a business on the platform that complements their broader strategy, whether it's on a YouTube or a Twitch or anywhere else. Yeah, and and very quickly, let's, let's and it doesn't have to be quickly, but spaces, I love it. And and I've been on some other audio platforms that are that, you know, uh, very similar uh, format. However, I love 
spaces number one it's at the top of my feed a lot of times if i'm on my phone so i could just hop in if i'm working or whatever i can pop in and and get on the side i was i was in a spaces the other day where it was my first time talking and i went in you know and 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 it was speaking on uh the activision of microsoft uh, <laughs> um buyout and it's just it's just i mean there's so much that 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 goes on there and i've been able to now connect with people uh, from there and and even build my own uh, um, uh, community and and people are looking at my stuff from just hanging out in these spaces uh, I, I guess what are some of your guys's plans maybe with spaces um, to do you guys have any plans for anything specific to games or just kind of moving forward and trying to help it along the way or or are you hearing anything or feedback from people that are using spaces and what does that feedback sound like yeah so uh i think we're looking at the product not just under the lens of gaming mm -hmm. but also just looking at the broader ecosystem for audio audio spaces and so when we think about it it's it's a few different things that were really a big uh areas of feedback we got in the beginning that we've already started to address and then kind of moving forward so like one was discoverability we love the product, it's really fun. How do we make sure that people can see our stuff? And so implementations of you know having spaces at the top of your feed, having a dedicated spaces tab, being able to do stuff where you can schedule spaces so you can tweet out and promote, hey, I'm gonna be doing a space, you know, hit the set reminder and we'll notify you when you're live. Like things like that were really important. Now I think you know some of the other areas that we're starting to tap into is how do you monetize spaces? And so I think what's gonna be interesting is the ticketed spaces component where we'll be able to allow people to buy a ticket to a space and then you can monetize it that way. I think that's gonna be fascinating. Um, separately, there is a beauty to the fact that you have to catch a space in real time, but we wanna be able to allow people to have the chance to catch a space if they missed it later, earlier, mm -hmm. or they've missed it and they wanna be a part of it. So spaces recording uh, is also an area that we've really started to, we've launched and we're testing out right now. So. I think a lot of those things about capturing a wider audience, providing more discoverability, and then also monetization tools and opportunities are some of the big things that we're focused on um, today. When you kind of look at, at uh, the totality of 2021 and, and you're seeing trends over multiple years now too, are there anything that, that you look at as areas of, not necessarily concern, I guess, but but areas that, that uh, there needs to be more focus on or, or areas that, that you're keeping your eye on to, to make sure they don't become problematic uh, down the road? Y yeah, I, I think, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say something's problematic per se, but I, I would say what's been really nice to see is how, and, it, and I think this is what is really important about these data, the, the data releases that we do is that I want to remind people that gaming is a global phenomenon. It has no borders. And that we really need to try, even though all three of us are in North America, we need to take off our, our North American hats and, and our North American lenses and think about the global trends and just the fandom that's happening globally. Uh, you know, look at like the esports list in the past, you know, it was Phase Clan was number one. Uh, now it's a Brazilian organization, Loud is number one as the most talked about esports team. You look at the athletes, there's more esports athletes coming from outside of North America than ever before. Uh, same with the gaming creators list. It's becoming much more global. So I'm really hoping to see how that continues as a trend. And I'm really excited to see that become a trend. And I want people to recognize that and not just think about, well, what's Genshin Impact? How come I've never heard of it? It's like, well, it's a, globally, it's a global phenomenon. There's a global fandom around it. You got to recognize that 
there's more games than just what you're thinking about in North America or in whatever region you're located. Yeah, I mean, even looking at the list, the the countries tweeting most about gaming uh, real quick, I'm going to pop that up. We've got Japan, number one, U.S., number two, South Korea, three, Thailand, Brazil, Philippines, Indonesia. There's India's uh, number 10, France. Like some of these, some of these countries, like I didn't even, you know, I just don't think about that. And, and you're right. It's so important to realize just how interconnected we're becoming and, and how gaming is really just kind of that universal language that everybody enjoys. I don't have to know what, what's going on over here. I understand this game. It looks like they're having fun. I'm having fun. You know, it's, it's, I, I absolutely love it. Um, is there any kind of ways that, that you plan on, I guess, um, taking, taking, I, I, I guess taking this data and, and cause this is a, a, a ton of data and I think it speaks a lot, not only on, uh, video games and social media and how they kind of are, are getting this, there's a symbiose almost as, as they're, they're kind of both working to, together. And, and I, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to figure out exactly where do you think this is going to go moving forward with this data, with these, with these two working together, what can you see? What would you like to see uh, happening moving forward? I'd like to see people utilize this to see what's, there's a few different ways this data can be utilized. So one, uh, I'm hoping that marketers when they're in brands that are non-endemic to gaming, they're, they're looking at sponsorships and things like that. I'm hoping they can look at these lists and see what's really popular and they can get an idea of where they should be investing. So this is an opportunity to build their strategy based off of this data. I'm hoping that separately, we continue to see teams, personalities and whatnot, seeing these lists and saying, hey, I can you know learn from what these people are doing and what their strategy is. How do I grow and how do I make it to this list? So there's an aspirational story there too. Uh, especially because these lists can change very quickly. We've seen some of, so in the past, some of the folks on these lists were not there years prior, and then they overnight made the list. Right. So I'm hoping to see that continue to happen and, and a new constant growing trend of the next generation of creators, teams, athletes, et cetera. Uh, and then I, I'm really hoping to see that publishers look at this list and say, wow, so many of these games are available on multiple platforms. We need to continue. We're not going to silo our games to one platform. We want to open it up and allow it to be on multiple platforms and uh, encourage cross-platform play mm -hmm. uh, because it allows for things like this. So I'm hopeful like those types of trends continue from this. And, and let me ask, so we had Dr. Rachel Court on last week. She deals with the kind of the, the science of video games and research. Do you Are you guys working with anybody or any people like that kind of working in tandem with this data and, and seeing what that research shows? Not not externally at the moment, but it's certainly things that we're considering. Oh, nice. You know, brands uh, are always looking for ways to connect with their audiences on Twitter. And uh, when you said, you know, people need to look at, at, at some of the top athletes and organizations and kind of learn and, and aspire to, to improve and, and see what they're doing. Were there some overall trends that you're seeing on what works uh, or what has been working last year to really connect with an audience as opposed to things that that people might believe that that might not be as effective or as efficient in, in connecting with your audience? Yeah, I think one of the biggest areas, and we did some insights um, at the bottom around video views and followers mm -hmm. gained and things like that. It, it's a, the takeaway there is that 
utilizing video and having video be a part of your strategy, specifically short form video on Twitter is really important um, because those that are on the list are actually leaning in with short form video on the platform more than ever. Uh, those are also, and then we've also seen that those that are you know, engaging with one another and having conversations and sparking conversation amongst their friends, as well as with their fans and communities, have seen a lot of success on the platform and growing themselves too. The conversation in the gaming community can sometimes turn toxic. And that's, you know, that, that's just across the board. It seems like there's always that, that vocal minority. So how do you, how does, how does Twitter work to help ensure that conversations stay productive and healthy and then don't take a turn for the worse? Yeah, uh, I think in general, our intention as a platform is to foster a healthy and safe public conversation. Like we're here to serve the public conversation through and through, but we want to make it a place that people can have those conversations. And we've launched a few different things to, to focus on that. Um, we've started to test things out like safety mode, which allow for people to set up, you know, the ability for them to you know, flag certain keywords, block things. And, and that's been something we are really digging into more. Uh, additionally, I think what's been great to see is what we've done with conversation controls. Uh, and so combo controls, it basically, you know, allows you to determine who can reply and not reply to your tweets. And I think the extension of that was, you know, we had combo controls and then the next step to it was you can actually control the conversation later on. So you can maybe have a public conversation and then uh oh, things are starting to get a little spicy. You can readjust your settings on that conversation to determine, you know, hey, maybe we need to take bring, bring this back in. So really pleased to see those types of tools coming out and play. And we're really trying to do more on that front to, to improve the experience and prevent as much as we can when, you know, and make things a, bit, a, a healthy and safe space for conversations. Um, and then, you know, I, I think like what we've done with muting and what we've done with some of the other things, it's been really great to see too. Where do you think, you know, if, if we're talking five years down the road, how do you think Twitter has evolved from here until then to become uh, an even more essential platform to have uh, these kinds of conversations? Yeah, I, I'm hoping a couple things really happen. One, I want to make sure that we're in a place where creators, uh, the entire creator ecosystem can use this platform that and in a way that allows them to complement their existing strategies. And they're seeing Twitter as a place to grow and engage their audiences and be able to monetize and build a business on the platform uh, day one. I think that's really, really important. And I want anyone to be a creator to be able to monetize themselves. Separately, I want Twitter to continue to become like an authoritative place for brands where they're thinking about how they can invest in the gaming space. They, use, they see Twitter as like the entry point for doing that. And they're looking at it as a place to invest in the gaming ecosystem because I think we were talking about traditional sports earlier on, but you know, it's crazy to see that an esports fan is monetized at a fraction of what a traditional sports fan is. And so I think Twitter has a really unique place of being a, a really unique position to help drive that forward. Um, and then, you know, I think as long as we can continue to have people tweeting and looking at this place as a second screen experience, um, then we're doing our job right. And I'm excited for that. I love it. Absolutely. Rishi, thank you so much again for coming on, laying it, laying it down on us. Please tell us, where can people find, find this information? Where can they find you? Lay it on us, brother. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me at, at r.chata, R-D-O-T Chata. Uh, or follow at Twitter Gaming uh, to find, keep up with all things going on. And uh, then also you'll be able to see the blog post that we drop uh, on a semi-annual basis uh, at uh, blog.twitter.com. So be sure to check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, my friend. Again, 
Have a great weekend, Rishi. Appreciate. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Clearly, I'm already trying to make it to the weekend. <laughs> Are we all? Yeah. Appreciate you, Lucas. What do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Well, okay. We I know. still haven't told my girlfriend yet, but <laughs> Pokemon Legends is my early birthday gift to myself. It's happening. <laughs> that's it. You know, don't even bother trying to to ask me for anything this weekend. That that's it. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? I understand. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just uh, I'm keeping it chill. I'm I'm gonna do something with the kids uh, this weekend. Actually, I got this. Uh, there's this cool little uh, like interactive um, uh, like Earth. Earth it's called Earth something or another, like going inside of Earth and stuff like that. So I'm excited for that. Other than that, I'm just probably gonna uh lay low, continue playing extraction, continue on that Destiny 2 grind. We got Witch Queen coming out a, a month almost a little less than a month now, and I've already taken a time off, so you already know what it is. <laughs> But other than that, it should be chill. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Don't forget to hit us up on the tweeters at LandPartiesPod, at LucasEggen, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We'll talk to you soon, and you know what it is. We love your faces. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.